0: Welcome to the Real Estate Play-by-Play. We are your hosts, Christy Martinelli, top-ranked realtor worldwide, and Danielle Olbrantz, mortgage industry veteran.
1: On and off the field of life, you need to know the plays to win the game. We are here to give you the play-by-play tools to reach your real estate goals. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, a seasoned investor, or just have a love for real estate, suit up. It's It's game time. time. Hi,
0: everybody. Welcome to the Real Estate Play-by-Play. Hello. We have a fun episode today.
1: Yes, this is going to be a really good one. Yes. So I was just telling Danielle the other night I watched the movie American Underdog. And if you haven't seen it, you should see it. 100%. That's an amazing movie. So good. And so it's basically based off the true story of our life story of Kurt Warner, who is you know one of the all-time best quarterbacks in the NFL. He played for the Rams for many seasons. And he... Went, it's a Cinderella story, right? He worked in a grocery store and he made it onto the NFL team. In the movie, there's a scene where he gets called up for the first time and he's so excited. And I want to say it's maybe with the Kansas City Chiefs, I can't remember, but he goes to their practice and he's really eager. And the coach says he's watching them play and they're practicing. And he's like, okay, the coach goes over and says, Kurt, go in, go in. And he looks at him and he goes, I don't know the playbook. And the coach says, but do you want to go in? He goes, yeah, I want to coach, but I don't know the playbook. And the coach says, okay. And then later, right after practice, he calls Curt in. He says, okay, thank you for coming, but goodbye. And he cuts him from the team. Now later, obviously, he goes on to get a chance with the Rams and goes on to be a great quarterback. Yeah. But the point of the story is that he didn't know the playbook. Yeah. And you got to know the playbook. Yeah, you really do. And I think this episode is really parallel in real estate to knowing the playbook and part of the playbook is knowing what a CMA is yeah a comparative market analysis and what it's used for
0: right and I don't think I've ever had a client come to me and you know know ahead of time what that is So let's start with what is that?
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I go on listing appointments and I will tell the seller, this is how I do my listing appointment. And then I'll put together a CMA for you and a comparative market analysis. And they say, well, what is that? And it's not used actually, people don't know this, but it's actually not used just for sellers. It's actually used for buyers as well. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. (laughs) Yeah. So we can talk about that. So uh, a comparative market analysis includes comps of sold properties or pending properties. You don't like to use active properties. So more pending and closed comps to compare what the market value is of your property right now in this current market.
0: And so why are you not using
1: active? So I don't like to use active because I feel like anyone can list their house at any price. Right. Right it's not a good comparative of where the market is right now. If you can find a pending comp and you could talk to the agent and say, hey, what are you closing at? And you can find that price point, then that's a good comp to use. Right. And Um, we see that
0: a lot, right? Sellers will say, well, the house, you know, down the street, they have listed at 1.2 or whatever the number is, you know, so I should be about that or higher than that because my house is bigger or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what you're going off of is like, The stuff that's for sale in the neighborhood
1: right exactly and and again it's that person that lists their house at 1.2 down the street doesn't mean they're going to sell at 1.2 yeah so it's not a great comp now what qualifies as a good comp and i get that question a lot so an appraiser and we can talk about this appraised value versus real value market value right an appraiser will go back six months and they like to stay within a mile radius. Sometimes they'll go to two. Right. But it's the same thing. When I'm putting together a CMA for my clients, I'm trying to stay within that mile radius. And I'm only want to go back, you know, a couple of weeks if possible, if there's comps, just because this market is so crazy right now.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, we're six months ago, we were in a completely different market than we are today. Right, 100%. Right? I mean, interest rates change all the time. That affects the market. Inventory changes all, mm-hmm. changes all the time. That affects the market. Yep. Seasons change, and that affects the market, right? Yeah. The December market is different than the June market.
1: Right. So trying to find comps with the closest to your current time frame and within a mile radius are going to be the best to say this is what your current value is. Right. Now, we talked about, we touched upon an appraised value versus a market value.
0: Right. Yeah. And we get that a lot, too, on the lending side. Right. You know, an appraised value, the best way I can kind of summarize it to people is an appraised value is a look at the past Mm -hmm. and a... You know, a comparative market analysis is really a look at the future, right? You're looking at what you can sell it for versus what things have sold for in the past. Mm -hmm. And those two things might be different depending on the market that you're in, right? Right. If you're in a market where things are increasing in value, then sales from six months ago may be lower than what they might be in the future. Or if you're looking at things like overbids and all of those kinds of things, an appraiser is really just trying to substantiate kind of, you know, what the historical value has been of a house.
1: Right. And okay, so and you can let me know what you think about this, Danielle, from the mortgage side. But I get this question a lot in regards to appraisals and the value. Sellers and buyers will ask, well, what did what did it appraise at? And and here's the thing. An appraiser wants to make their life as easy as possible. (laughs) Yes. They just do because they're turning these appraisers, right? Yeah. Appraisals like every day. Yeah. They they want to come in at the market value.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, you know, appraisers over the last, gosh, (laughs) it feels like it was yesterday, but it's really been (laughs) like 13 years. Wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Since they regulated the appraisal industry, right? It used to be that lenders could just contact an individual appraiser. They would do the Mm -hmm. job. They would give us a number, you know, we'd kind of tell them ahead of time, like, here's the number we're trying to hit. That has all changed. So now it goes through a management company. The appraisers are a little bit removed from the process. They have to do really two to three reports a day. Yeah. And so they're just trying to find sales that justify the sales contract that we have on the property. And if they, if they like, let's That's say it.
1: they appraise it at less than the purchase price yeah. or more, at the purchase price, then they have to say why. It's it's more work for them essentially. It
0: is, yeah. And so I get that all the time, right? A buyer will get in a contract, let's say it's an off-number house, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm buying the house for a million nineteen three hundred and seventy-eight, right? right? Some <laughs> crazy number that has justification somewhere, you know, and the appraiser will appraise the house exactly at that number. And the buyer <laughs> will be like, Well, that's strange. I'm like, No, oh, it's not really that strange. You know, from an appraiser's standpoint, you have a seller who's willing to sell it, you have a buyer who's willing to buy it. And they're just trying to hit that number. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Trying to keep their life simple.
1: Exactly. So when a seller comes to me and says, hey, we're selling our house, what did it end up appraising at? What did the buyer's appraisal come back at? 9.9 out of 10 times, it's going to come back at the purchase price. And it really doesn't have anything to do with the value, quote unquote. It's just that the appraiser wants to appraise it at the value.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, every now and then we'll get one that's, you know, higher than purchase price or every now and then we'll get one that's lower than purchase price. But generally speaking, Mm -hmm. in this market where things are, you know, pretty stable, we're seeing appraisals come in and purchase price. Now, rewind back to like, 2021, mm-hmm. right, when the market was really crazy and people were overbidding by it was a lot, just taking off. Yeah. what we were yeah. finding was it was hard to justify the appraised value because the market was moving so fast that the last sale was already outdated.
1: Well, and, th- and that's actually a really good point, which, you know, we have to remind people sometimes it doesn't mean that that house is not worth that price no. because it is it, worth the market value, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, the house is worth what the buyer is willing to buy it for and the seller right. is willing to sell it for. Right. So if you have a house that's going a couple hundred grand over in that crazy market, that right. house market value is that price.
0: A hundred percent, right? And we were seeing situations where we had multiple offers mm-hmm. at around the same number. So. We we knew that that house was worth the amount of money that it was selling for, right. but the appraisal is delayed. It's, it's looking delayed. at the past. And appraisers can do something called a time adjustment mm-hmm. where they adjust based on the fact that the market is increasing, but they have to do a lot of extra work in order to substantiate that by right. proving historically that things are selling you know, higher over time. And a lot of times appraisers just aren't going to do that extra stretch to get it. So generally speaking, an appraisal is looking at the past. It's not always necessarily the market value. It's just kind of a historical look at what other houses have sold for. And there's some intangibles in there that you can't capture, right? right? So things like, you know, the view, Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean you can have a slight adjustment for location or things like that, but you can't necessarily capture that intangible that a buyer is going to assign value to,
1: right, right? And that the realtor when they do their CMA right is going to assign value to and, and it right. works the opposite way as well. right. You yeah, know, 100%. Uh, Maybe the appraiser is not taking into account that the house is on a really busy road. Right. But right. The, your realtor is going to take into account when they do your CMA, like, hey, you know, this is going to eliminate a lot of buyers being on this busy road. So your value is not going to be maybe where you think it is or the, it's going to get appraised at.
0: Right. Yeah. An appraiser has like, a line item that they can apply an adjustment to for, you know, the road location or something like that. But it doesn't always take into consideration the full effect that a buyer is going to consider, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Or take things like really funky layouts of houses. Mm -hmm. An appraisal is never going to capture that because that's not one of the adjustments that they make, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they might put in some adjustment for like utility or something like that. But some kind of weird, funky houses... While they might fit on square footage and bedroom count and all those things, from a buyer's perspective, it may not warrant the same amount of value. Right. So that's where the CMA is really going to come in and having a real estate agent who is super familiar with the market. Because they need to have seen all of those other houses that sold to really know if it's a good comparison.
1: Right. And so when a realtor is putting together your CMA, whether you're a buyer or a seller, they're not only taking into account comps, they're also taking into account the market. And what I mean by that is how many homes are on the market, Mm -hmm. what the inventory is right now. Is there a lot of inventory in your price range? Is there a little inventory in your price range? That's all the things that a realtor is going to be taking into account as well when they're putting together. CMA And a CMA is not, it's mostly just a tool to be used by the seller to come up with their market value or what their value is to put their house on the MLS. In a buyer situation, a CMA can be used if I have a client that is looking to put an offer on a house and it's going to be multiple offers. Okay, what do we think that even if it's not actually going to be multiple offers, you can still use a CMA, right? It's like, okay, what is the value of this home? And so you'll compare the comps and put it together and give it to them and say, okay, here is where you're at.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And so does the CMA come up with an actual number or is it a range? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, that's
1: a good question. So sometimes it has an actual pinpointed number and then sometimes it'll be a range. And other times what we do, like, for example, for sellers is, okay. here is what we would sell your house for. Here's what your house is worth in today's market as is. Mm -hmm. And I get this a lot because then sellers will say, well, what if I paint the cabinets and I put new flooring in and I paint the outside, what is the value of my property? It's going to be different than what the value is, is as is. So we put together, here's your, here's your price as is, and here's your price. If we do this, that, and the other to
0: it. Right. And that's a good point because things like an appraisal, they simply will not consider, you know, new paint and things like, like those don't really add to appraised value at all. They're just comparing square footage and lot size and bedroom count and, you know, overall condition. Mm-hmm. But that appeal factor doesn't really come into play.
1: Right. And now what, you're, what the prices on the CMA doesn't mean as to what you list it just getting a little bit more technical, right? What you list your price at is going to be different. That's going to be between you and the realtor. This is just the market value. So for example, if your market value is a million dollars, depending on what type of market you're in, you might want to list it a little bit lower.
0: Interesting. Then What's the strategy between by by listing it lower? Right. So if you're going to
1: list it lower, the strategy is that hopefully you will get multiple offers and be able to push the value up higher. So mm-hmm. if you list it like let's say at nine hundred thousand, mm-hmm. you're capturing all those buyers up to nine hundred, and you're like, well, I don't want an offer at nine hundred. But okay. if you get three offers at 900 and you know those three offers are coming in and you have somebody that can go up to 1.1 and you're like, hey, we're getting three offers. That person that can go up to 1.1 doesn't realize that those three offers might be at 900. So they just hear there's three other offers. So they're going to push it significantly higher and then eventually get over your market value. So if your market value is a million, you get four offers, maybe you get a million 25. So you get right. 25 grand over what your market value is. And it's that
0: competition factor absolutely. that really feeds things off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. And then I think also just being able to capture people, you know, sometimes people set up their searches in MLS to a certain price point, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, those million dollar segments, right? Somebody might put, oh, I'm only going to look at houses up to a million. Mm-hmm. But then when they find the right house, if there's competition and they really want it, they might go to one one. Right. But they wouldn't have otherwise looked at it. Right. So if you start at one one, they exactly. may not even look at it because they really want to stick in that million dollar I mean, that's a thing. People, search. people get emotionally
1: invested yeah. in a property. It's just like that feeling that you get when you go to a property and you see it and you're like, this is this is the house for me. You yeah. know, I'm sure people get it when they're playing sports and they're having, you know, a good time and it's like this is the game for me. So into it. It's like you're so emotionally invested. I mean, playing sports is such an emotional game. It yeah. so is buying a house or selling a house. Yeah. People are so emotionally invested.
0: I know. I know. It's it's hard sometimes, yeah. right? Because we're trying to be objective in the whole process, but you feel for these people. They like fall in love with a house and they, they, they want to
1: win. And you know, you know, I will also say realtors get very emotionally invested too. And the other Mm -hmm. night, I'm going to tell you this quick story. We had a, I had a property that I listed and we got five offers on and my clients ended up accepting one of the offers and the buying agent who wrote the offer for the buyers that were going to, that have received, we had approved or accepted their offer. The buying agent says to me, I feel like I'm going to cry. I'm mm-hmm. so happy for my buyers. And I, I was thinking, yeah, that's true. Us as realtors get so invested too in our clients that we get so excited yeah. for them yeah. when we know like, this is the perfect property for them. Like yeah. this is going to
0: be life changing I know. for their clients. I honestly love that part of the job. Yes, I I wrote yes. it was writing pre-approvals on 4th of July this year for a veteran. Not surprised. I know. Like at the corner of the fairgrounds <laughs> while the kids are playing, like on my phone, writing pre-approval letters and then calling listing agents and stuff. But I had this veteran client who, oh, it cute. was <laughs> so cool. So we got his offer accepted on Independence Day. And then I set up mm-hmm. his loan. I looked at his loan application and he was born in 2001. And I went, oh man, I have kids that age. That's yeah. Super awesome. But I love when people invest in real estate young, but it was cool. Like he got this house that he fell in love with. Yeah. You know, I it's mean, that so was the message. Awesome. The realtor called me and she's like, you don't understand. It's perfect. Mm. Perfect. And that feeling that gets it's attached that feeling with perfect, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so cool. It's yeah. So cool.
1: It's so good. So yeah, so when a realtor comes to your house as a selling agent and and they say, okay, what is a CMA? So we have the comps, we have market information and updates. Other things that I will include will be our marketing plan Mm -hmm. and, you know, how we're going to market your house and then information about my team, background about my team and what we do and what sets us apart from other people.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very awesome. I love it all the way around. So that's an important part of the playbook. Yes. Just one of many. Yep. But I think we've covered why it's so important to have a playbook and know Know the playbook. Yep. The playbook. Yeah. This is
1: great information to know ahead of time revolving around the real estate transaction. Just important to know.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Real estate play by play. Cheers. Cheers.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this play-by-play, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review on your podcast app, or please share with a friend or colleague. For
1: more information, helpful tips, and real estate strategies, please visit us online at www.therealestateplaybyplay.com, where you can also connect with us on social platforms and sign up for our newsletter. Get Get in in the the game.
0: game.